Welcome to Phil Svitek Podcast. Hello, dear creative. My name is Phil Svitek, and I'm excited for you to join me on today's episode. It's where I interview my friend, Charlie Behrens. See, I feel it's very important for us as creatives to listen to other people's journeys because they might offer up certain insights or just inspire us. And Charlie is someone that I've known for a number of years. Him and his wife, Alex Worley, uh, are two of my very dear friends, and I've loved seeing their trajectory in this business for the past few years. Both of them are hosts, and we touch upon that a little bit in the interview, but Charlie specifically is someone who is able to combine comedy with purpose, and I absolutely love that side of it because uh, he, he, I think the message that he's ultimately spreading uh, with a lot of his work is, is rooted in a lot of goodwill, and so I, I respect that. But there's so much more. My conversation with Charlie is very wide ranging. We discuss things such as finding your purpose, how to truly invest in yourself, how to navigate social media, how to uh, communicate with your audience, all that stuff and so much more. So definitely lots to learn. But before I get into the interview, I wanna take a quick moment to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed, I invite you to do so now. That way you get all of my lessons uh, right when they come out. So if you just did that, thank you very much. And without further ado, here's my interview with Charlie Behrens. See, what I love about you is um, I feel like you have you take comedy, but you give it purpose. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, for for those people that haven't seen your stuff, like one one of the things that just absolutely moved me that had a little bit less comedy, but is is your like law, history of lawns in America? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We love lawn in America, right, Clint? Get off my lawn. I was just leaving, actually. So I want to ask you, like, where do you get your, like, what what motivates you in terms of purpose and, and sure. things, things of that nature? Well, I think, I mean, I always, I, I come from a journalism background, and, um, you know, I actually, I, before that, I grew up listening to a lot of Bob Dylan, and what I liked about Bob Dylan is he was, he always added, uh, he's an entertainer, but he always added, um, you know, current event context into his entertainment and what he ended up doing was creating some pretty powerful content for um the day you know like blowing in the wind would be an example of that so that was one of the guy guys uh, i looked up to like early on and that's why i wanted to do music but then i got into college i realized i wasn't as great of a musician as i thought i was i started doing journalism kind of fell into it um and i was i've always always a good writer so that that helped in that context long story short started working for MTV doing journalism and then um you know sounds like an oxymoron though I know (laughs) it was an oxymoron then but whatever it was like the choose or lose the young kind of journalism yeah whatever um but I was always doing some form of like journalism and entertainment news and comedy news or whatever and I just found that at the time you know you had like uh, John Stewart, who was doing a lot of comedy, but it was he was incorporating news, and you could see his power. I think by blending comedy and news, he changed uh, you know the way media worked, the way a lot of politics worked, actually. You know, and then Colbert came after him, and now there's a whole slew of people following in that um, thing. But I think comedy for the purpose of comedy is good. I think it's fun. I think it's great. I just always like adding the so what at the end of it. So what does this mean? How is this going to uh, interact with how we feel about life, how we feel about we, where we are politically or 
or socially? Why do we do the things we do? You know, I think that's just more interesting. And when you dive into that, I think it's more funny. You know, like the lawns piece is interesting from an environmental standpoint. Lawns are terrible, you know, depending on where you live. And if you're like out here in California, this is not the place you should be having, you know, Kentucky bluegrass lawn or whatever the, the lawn strands are. You shouldn't have it. But why do we? And that's like, well, I don't know. So you go into the history and you find out we stole them from the Brits who used them as a symbol of status. So we, we basically in this rah-rah America place we live in, you know, we beat them in the Revolutionary War, but we're, we're keeping the lawn. Why? It's the most useless thing they've offered us next to the royal family, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, look at our tabloids. We have a lot of the royal family on there, you know, but why keep it? Like, mm-hmm. what does anyone like it? And I grew up cutting it. I hated that. So anyway, I decided to just put that in to a little bit of a long form, um, comedic, journalistic, um, you know, deep dive, I guess, into lawns. And the reason you incorporate comedy into that is like, if you just have facts, 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 like, yeah, you could be right, but nobody's watching after a no. minute. So the idea with comedy, too, is you, you use it to keep people listening. Now, you mentioned Stephen Colbert, and, you know, I think that's a good analogy in terms of, um, I can never say it, the, the Mandelwalk Minute. Yeah, the Mandelwalk Minute. There you go. You did a good job. That was good. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get these headlines done real quick once. So how did that, I mean, that's, would you say your alter ego? And, like, how did that yeah. come about? Because I think that's the culmination of what you're really talking about, at least in this point in time. Sure, yeah. So I started doing the Mandelwalk Minute for your audience in case they don't know. Should I address the audience by looking yeah, right can, there? Yeah, I mean, is this want, Is this a main camera? You can I, shift your chair. The Mandelwalk Minute is a new show, Midwest news show, where I talk about the most pressing issues of day, the day. I'm talking about Marshfield man getting locked in a quick trip beer cooler. Uh, and uh, plenty more stories like that. No, it's like, it's a Midwest news show. So it's, uh, my character uses a very thick uh, Wisconsin accent to talk about the news. The way this started was I was in news, obviously. I went around the country doing news. Um, But one thing that was common, no matter where I went in the country doing news, was that people would say, oh, you have an accent. Oh, you sound funny. Uh, You say this word weird or that word weird. And I had voice coaches and everything to try and help. And that's how I got into news is I could hide it for the most part. But... Mm -hmm. Once you get comfortable, the accent comes out a little bit. Uh, you know, it's come out in this uh, interview, I'm sure, quite a few times. Keep her moving. So in journalism, you want a very neutral accent. But my character is someone who has a very, who doubles down on everything that people dislike about his accent and, uh, and presents the news from, you know, his mom's basement in Manitowoc is, is the idea with that. And, um, and that started, um, when I created the character initially for stand up. So I was actually doing stand up at the comedy store here in LA. And, um, I was doing the character. And at the beginning, I was like, is anyone from the Midwest? And this one dude raised his hand. He's like, I'm from Mandwalk. And, uh, he was, he had a couple, a couple, two tree beers. Okay. And I was listening to that show the next day. And I, I noted that uh, he was from Antwerp. Now, at the same time, I noticed that that bit always did well. So I decided to make it into a video series. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that uh, I named it after that guy in the show. So that's kind of where it came from, though. So it's kind of an exploration. Like, you didn't, uh, you didn't all of a sudden seek out. I mean, you've been doing 
you know, uh, journalism and comedy to it for a long time at that point, and just like all of a sudden, this was the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And and you know, a few years earlier, I had tried this series called Headlines That Suck, <laughs> which is basically the same format as the Man Twog Man. Really, is like headline punchline, headline punchline, but it uh, it was too too open. You know what I mean? There wasn't strong enough of a niche. There wasn't strong enough of a point of view on that. And I think that's important when you're creating, you know, um, to find a very strong point of view with whatever you're doing and really dive into it and explore it. And, um, and when you do that, I think you find an audience pretty quick, Mm -hmm. real quick ones, real quick ones. Yeah. Yeah. So let's keep her moving. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well played. (laughs) Uh, that's a that's a catchphrase. By the way, I'll link to all 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 of this in the show notes. But uh, one of the things, that, like in terms of this series that I do, I I, I finally like came up with a thesis, which is like yeah. I, I think you need to master mental fortitude in order to really achieve success as an artist. Mm. And so, from your perspective, I, I kind of want to, you know, do a do you agree with that? And kind of what has helped you kind of mentally navigate. Um, this industry of ours because it can be up up and down yeah 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 well um i i like that master mental fortitude now what what do you mean exactly by master mental fortitude i think it's a it's a combination of things i think it's working on yourself every day Mm -hmm. you know it's for some people that's meditation Mm -hmm. um it's also like getting exercise um you know finding the right balance we always talk about life work balance and what does that really mean so it's all these things where that uh, there, there's a quote from Mark McGinnis who says, we, we put our heart and our soul into our work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've got to work on our heart and our soul. Mm. And I think that's kind of what I really mean about that is, you know, we, we, we can't just expend our energy. We also have to kind of breathe in as well. Absolutely. No, I think, I think you're right. And, and you say um, master mental fortitude, right? Yeah. And it, it, basically, like, don't have the wheels... Because burnout's a real thing yeah. in a lot of industries. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, with the advent of social media, too many people, they see things on Instagram, they want to be it, but they don't know how to achieve it, and it yeah. fucks with them mentally. So, like, all these things, like, everything's just coming at us in all these different directions. And I'm not saying social media is good or bad. I'm not saying today's day and age is good or bad. It's just how you navigate it mentally. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I hate all this social media. I hate all this stuff. I think it's But bullshit. it's a tool for you. I, I use it as a tool. I use it as a, I mean, I didn't like reading as a kid either, you know, but I ended up learning how to do that. I, I like reading more now. I think social media is garbage, but we use it. it it's only garbage if you use it in, in the wrong way. And I think we all have a tendency to do that. But I, I like what you're saying, master mental fortitude. And I, I almost think like to, to yes and that, I think it's like, um, learning mental fortitude and, or being okay, not having mastered it yet, but always being in the process of learning and learning about yourself. Because um, I think that just for me, um, and I think this answers your original question, it's all about momentum. Like, like for a while I was stuck, like kind of editing or producing or whatever, like these news videos. And I didn't feel like, like I enjoyed doing that, but I didn't think I was it was getting me to where I wanted to go. I didn't think I was using my stuff. So what I decided to do is I was a host for a a long time and I had these interviews from Sundance. I were just sitting there 
And so I ended up saying, okay, like I'm going to put out one a week, you know, I'm going to cut them and put them out one a week because they're just sitting on a drive right now. So once you start getting a video out, it's kind of like, okay, that's momentum. And it's momentum in some direction. Maybe it's not the direction I want to go because I think the problem a lot of people have is they spin their wheels thinking like, what am I going to do? And you want to come up with the perfect business plan or you want to come up with the perfect thing. And for me personally, and everyone's different, but for me personally, that's always been the biggest waste of time for me is trying to figure out exactly what to do. Because I think you learn so much by just doing it and making all these mistakes and being like, "Ah, I don't like that, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I think um, perfection is the, you know, the buzzkill of creation, you know, so you just need to put out and correct on the go. It's like jazz. You hit a blue note, you just keep going. You know, I mean, that's, that's what makes jazz great. That's what makes our lives great, you know? So anyway, I started putting out these interviews and I was like, okay, I'm putting them out. Some are doing okay. Some, most of them not, most of them don't get any views. Some of them get some views. That's great. But then it's like, what else can I do? So I started doing just straight to camera videos and then I started doing sketches and then I came up with like, okay, once a week, I'm going to do a video. And, um, and I held myself to that. Like, and I think that's it. Like make, come up with a deadline whether it's true or not, but believe it's true and hold yourself accountable to that if you want to do this thing. So then just hit a video a week, hit a video a week. Well, eventually, um, then I, uh, I put out the Manitowoc Minute and then that one just took off. And it was like, oh, okay. So then I did another one. Like when something takes off, respond to that, do, do another one. Because then I did another and another. And then after a while, it, it became a thing, you know? And it's and really not after a while, really after like, few videos it became a thing so i stuck with it and was consistent and then you know got a couple stand-up tours out of it and now it's not like the thing i would have ever imagined being like the dream um job or being the thing i could have thought i was gonna do but what i initially wanted to do was play music you know and but now since like comedy has taken me so far what have i incorporated into my live shows is music so I, you know, then invested some money in like a voice coach to try and sing right, you know. So now, like kind of in a backdoor way, I'm able to like do the thing that I really enjoy quite a bit. Almost the most is like the music thing. I like the way you drive. If you see this, hit me up around two. Loser buys. Thank you. I just think fail your way into success is is a good way to maybe um, uh, look at it. About it yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time of, you know, people in their 20s, and perhaps I was a victim of it too, like, what's my purpose? I need a purpose. I'm mm. not doing it. And it's like, you don't need, just slow down. What gives you energy? What 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 what's what are you passionate about? Just yeah. start there. Yeah. And then it'll it'll present itself if you let it. The very, very wise, yeah, what gives you, what makes you just want to do more? It could be something, it could be, you know, like, a dumb joke or whatever and you're you're good at telling a dumb joke you know the Manitowoc minute is a dumb joke it's a dumb it's a series joke. of many good it's, dumb jokes yeah it's a series of, of and, but within that you can have you can find a powerful joke in there you know and and so whatever you're doing really whatever you're doing you can find purpose you know steve martin said to be a political comedian you not every joke needs to be political it's like in a in a 45 50 minute set he said one time he did all whatever just funny stuff and 
one joke in there was a political joke and that's what people like remembered, you know? So let's say, and I use political joke in the way you're talking about like purpose, you know, yeah. you can find purpose in whatever you're doing just by one little tiny thing you do. Uh, but, but just find what works and find your audience and, you know, love your audience, give your audience something back, let them feed you back and then build something from there. Um, what has been like up to this point, your biggest struggle and have you kind of overcome it, whether mental or technical? Um, let's see here. Well, I think, I think mental, a big thing is like, you know, you think that, you know, your, your mental problems, whatever they are, it could be relationship, it could be, um, work, it could be, um, you know, the, your like existential thing, you know, your, your fear of the, the, uh, white walkers or whatever, it could be, uh, anything it's not going to go away once you find success and so it's not about trying to eliminate those mental anguishes that we all have that's just part of being human that's part of like you know we're the only um species that understands language and is able to like think past and, and future and all that so that just comes with the brain we have which is a cool thing but instead of like freaking out you know and i read this book that described it as like quicksand instead of just like freaking out and falling deeper into the quicksand by thinking and focusing on these problems that we all have, whatever they are. Do you remember the book? Get out of your mind and start living life or get out of your mind. But it's, it's instead of going deep into the quicksand, they talk about just, you know, laying flat. Like when you're in quicksand, you just, and then you can like increase your surface area and just roll your way to, to safety. But that's what it is. It's like, you're not getting out of this mental anguish. You just need to live with it, accept it, love it. And then it, I think over time it, it minimizes in your head, mm-hmm. you know, and, and real problems will work themselves out. Um, but it's realizing that we all have problems and they never fully go away. So accepting it. Awesome. Let me ask you this. And I don't want to like implant a worry in your mind, mm-hmm. any, but uh, an interesting thing that I was talking with a friend of mine who manages uh, YouTubers, right? For a, yeah. a multi-channel network. He said that, now, people that have been doing this for 10 years as YouTubers, they're getting burnout because mm-hmm. the audience doesn't want them to shift. And so you're enjoying right now the, um, the Manitowoc Minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you worry that eventually there's going to be a point you're going to, like, how do, you, how do you keep it fresh mm-hmm. for yourself mm-hmm. and not just your audience? Well, I think, I think it's always finding new ways. I think, yeah, you give your audience what you want. And to a certain degree, the main show that I've done, um, you know, I'm looking for other ways to invent within it. Um, like, right, like you, you gave yourself a limitation of, okay, he's in his mom's basement. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do such a thing where all of a sudden, like, he, he gets a random investment from some, like, multimillionaire of, like, and all of a sudden he has this amazing studio. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely be open to that, especially if there are any multimillionaires watching this right now. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think, look, I think it's about finding the funny. And if it's funny enough, I'm on board with it, you know? And, and that's the thing with comedy is like, um, you know, I think my audience is on board with what's funniest. <laughs> and I'm on board with what's funniest. So, if I, if I don't want to do it, um, I'm not going to feel like I need to do it anymore. And in fact, that's a good time to stop if I don't want to do it. And I mean, I, I'm pretty good at 
saving money and all that sort of stuff where I try to. But I, what I'm saying is I, it's not like I'm doing it for the money, you know, I'm doing it cause I enjoy it and I'm doing it because, um, because that's, th- that, and, and I, I do not need to do it, nor do I ever. And most of the content that I do, like the lawn video you, you were talking about, that was just done. Just, you know, I, I think I paid a money to do that. I'm sure with the time I took and then, you know, shooting it and all that. I mean, I think I did it all myself, but it, I paid in time to do it, you know? So, so there's a couple of questions there. One about like investing in yourself Two, um, let's, let's start here though. You, you keep kind of mentioning that you're attuned with your audience. Yeah. What does that mean? Like apart from just watching the views and saying like, Oh, this video is doing well. Yeah. How do you really gauge that? Well, I think the, the, I, res- I read messages and I respond to messages. And it's really as simple as that. I read comments and I try and respond to comments. Now some videos I can't respond to comments on, but you know, each video I try to read and respond to some comments. And I try to um, uh, respond to Facebook messages, uh, Twitter messages, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. It takes a lot of time, but it gives me a sense of where the audience is. Also, I get a lot of great ideas from the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is cool about the Mantuog Minute and being very hyper vocal is that it's like, it's not me just building this thing. It's like the audience building it. I really listen to the audience and try to be like something for them where I incorporate their ideas. I incorporate their jokes, their headlines, that sort of thing. I give shout outs mm-hmm. to uh, certain people within it. So I really try to make it be about the audience it's serving. And beyond that, you know, at live shows, I, you know, I, I, if people will message me and say, I don't have money for this, but I want to see you live. It's like, great. I'll get you like a comp ticket or whatever. And so it's like bringing that online audience into a room where if you can't afford it, just let me know and I'll get you in. Mm -hmm. But everyone's there and everyone's having a good time. And it's like this community in real life, which I don't think we often experience. So I think between combining just listening to people hearing ideas and incorporating their ideas and then doing these live shows all across the the midwest and then you know starting to do it across the country i think all those things are just like really integrating the audience mm-hmm. and what's your take like you mentioned with the lawn video you you spent time and money so how do you draw the line in terms of investing in yourself oh always do it always invest in in yourself and i by that i don't mean um spoil yourself but i mean like some people will make the mistake of like oh i can't afford the editing software and i'm like you can't afford not to get the editing software i don't care if it's 20 bucks a month find the money you know 20 bucks a month people can find and um I mean, I mowed lawns for most of my, you know, like growing up, like you can find 20 bucks. I guarantee it. I did so many odd jobs, but that's what you need because you, you, you know, nothing drives me more crazy than somebody saying, oh, I have all this great content, but I can't edit it. I don't, I don't either know how, or I don't have the time or whatever it was, then, then you're your own worst enemy. Like that's what you have to do. Whatever you need to get your content out buy it, do it, get it, but then actually do the work and, uh, and you will see the money come back. I think now I'm talking within reason, you know what I mean? And, and start with a minimal, what do they call it? Minimal viable product or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what Silicon it, Valley it, term. It, well, yeah. It, yeah. So someone said that I was like MVP. I can remember that. Um, but, but like, so maybe you don't need the MacBook, but maybe you've got their editing apps. Now there's like no reason not to be able to self publish 
uh, and, and put out product in some way, shape or form. So start small, but start and, and, and be dedicated to your product and invest in your product. It, it'll come back to you if you believe in it and you're, you're committed to it. Well, let's just finish up with your last incident. It says that you, whoa, stole from a homeless man a few days ago. I did not steal from a homeless man. There was $5 on the ground. That is fair game. Plus, I just asked the universe for a kombucha. Well, I, I even look at like, I look at it from a simpler standpoint, like with budgets, right? You were talking about you're editing software, 20 bucks a month, go make it. Mm -hmm. And too many people that I know, unfortunately, feel like they just don't make any money. And mm -hmm. so rather than like even worry about it, they're like, well, I don't make anything. So I, I just don't want to see anything, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And what they don't realize is all of a sudden they're spending, you know, 20, 20 40 bucks on sushi yeah. every other night. Yeah. And it's like, listen, if you really just sat down and even though you're not making quote unquote a ton of money mm -hmm. there's still a way to utilize that money in the best way definitely definitely yeah i mean everybody's making money somewhere they are or they're not or i mean they're living with somebody or they're being financed in some way but no i think you're absolutely right if you just sit there and look at it and i've never been good about that but the if you don't do it the anxiety that you then are producing inside of you also weighs you down. It's like plaque in your brain, you know? Yeah. So you're less able to be creative because you're thinking, uh, did I pay those taxes? Uh, do I have that much? You know, like, like just get out. Now I say all this knowing that I, I need to get a, a bookkeeper, a new bookkeeper and everything. So I have some of that in my brain. So I'm not saying this like I'm an expert in it. I'm saying like, this is what I need to do. This is what I re recommend people do. Just get it out there. So it's out of your head. And it's not affecting your creativity. And also you're, ma you're maximizing what you do have, whatever that is, you're maximizing it. But the number one priority, priority is spending on not sushi, but on your, on your product. Because that'll just come back to you. You'll get all the sushi you want in a, you know, a matter of a couple months if you're really committed to the product. Yeah. Your wife, Alex, she's also mm -hmm. a host. Yeah. What's it what's it like living with, you know, two hosts? Is, does that yeah. compete at any certain point? Well, no, I don't think it competes and and she's does something much different than I do. Um you know, she's more of in like that um female entrepreneur uh expert kind of space or um you know, she she really pushes social media for uh, female entrepreneurs and helps them create their like brands. So it's very different than um what I do. Um but, uh, you know, and she, she has gotten into, um, all kinds of different stuff, uh, of producing and, um, and, and really going heavy on PR for some businesses and that sort of thing. So she's really exploring her own thing and, uh, and, you know, finding a lot of joy in that. So th there's definitely never been any, uh, competition. Yeah. You know, I know some people assume that or talk about that sometimes in their own relationships, but, you know, I, I don't, um, I, I'd be, I would be thrilled if, if, like, if, if I felt like, um, you know, like if something great happened for her, I'd be, I'd be yeah. thrilled and think great things do happen for her. And I am thrilled about that. And I think vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people talk about like, <laughs> 
this notion that you know as an actor you should never date an actor but it's like that's your circle of people right when am i going to meet a doctor yeah <laughs> right, like, right. Just, right. Most, my day is not spent with doctors or, or lawyers or whoever yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day i i i think you you find who you find you could find someone like that but i don't think they're you're not gonna have any more or less problems i don't think dating within your profession unless you're you want to escape your profession, you know, and then everyone's kind of different in, in that regard. But inherently, I don't think there's a problem with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, going back to the idea of social media, uh, are you an overall pessimist in terms of where content's headed? Or are you a pessimist of like, there's just too much, you know, it's overcrowded, all that? I think, like, how do you view it? Yeah, yeah. I think social media is great because now I know I said it is bullshit before, but I mean, I think it's awesome in terms of democratizing content, being able to create your own content and not having to worry about more gate, gatekeepers telling you no. I think it's wonderful, a wonderful creative tool. Um, but I think um, it gets problematic when you are concerned about what people think about a picture of your food that you took. You know, I think if you are using social media to say, uh, look at me. It's like improv. Like improv, the rule is yes and. You know, you take something and then you add to it. So I think if if what you are putting out there doesn't yes and, then in my mind, it's useless. I like mute it or unfollow it or ignore it or whatever. Like I don't ever really want to see like uh, just a picture of food unless there's context added or whatever. Or, or maybe like you're a culinary thing. I mean, there are reasons to take pictures of food. I'm not going to, that's just the example I'm this, thinking This is, of. Um, okay. this, this might be deep diving too much into social media, but let me ask you, um, I have friends that I'm friends with, you know, not like the closest of friends, but, but relative. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want to follow them because yeah. of what they're putting out. And like, not that they're bad people, but I'm just like, this just isn't for me. Yeah. But God forbid if I unfollow them. Oh, I just mute them. Muting's great. That's, that, that's, that's the tool? That's, yeah, because you, yeah, you never have to see them again. It's perfect, you know, or, or just, yeah. And, and there is certain ones that like, I think if the social media platform for me, I, I only go on and follow like, or really look at like other comedians for the most part, because yeah. I'm really not interested in what anybody else is doing. I'm certainly not interested in what people I know are doing. Like I don't go on Facebook to scroll through a newsfeed. I go in to publish my thing and then get the hell out. And if I ever find myself scrolling, I'm gone. I might like, that's a rule, like, because it's doing nothing for me. It's putting me in a consumption mode of mind and it's incredibly damaging for creativity. So if I could, like I have like a personal Facebook page only because I think if I get rid of it, I get rid yeah, of my fan page. Have, yeah, they all interlinked. But I try to just make it private and then just like, I haven't responded to a, you know, um, like, a, I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's worthless in my mind. Same with Instagram. If you're like doing this, ah, it's worthless. Well, I, I think I, I'll do that because I want to support people, but I do it in the sense of, okay, um, in the afternoon, like there's a set dedicated time mm -hmm. rather than, ooh, I've got some downtime. I'm on the crapper. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get the phone out. Exactly. Well, you said, you said something that makes me look like a jackass and I do agree with you. You want to support people and that's very good. And I could be well, better you, about you, that. But, but you, um, you go into your community, right? I think there's a difference. Um, a lot of people that just push out content. Uh -huh. They're just doing it from this high and mighty place. But the fact that you do respond to comments, I think there's a, 
a, a, a vast difference in the two. Sure. Because you have that mentality of like, okay, I'm going to, I like, I'm going to get it to the level of my audience. Yeah. And I'm going to interact with them. Right. In the means that we need to be interacting. Right. Well, and they're, they're my boss to a certain degree and they, they are what I'm creating this for, you know? So it's like, is we're creating it together. But, um, I think it's, you know, so it's important to support people, but I guess for me in my mind, in my personal trade-off, I'll like a few things, but then I, I, I you know, I'm not perfect. I, I'll end so again, up scrolling. Supporting again. people means different things. Like just because you don't like their stuff on social media, I think it's that. You know what I mean? I, I think you've always we, been. You're. You're. Whenever you're, like right now, you're here. You're always very present. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? Your mind's not on the meeting you have to get to. Your mind's not anywhere else. And so yeah. I think, yeah. That, that, that's I couldn't impart any wisdom on you. I think like, yeah. that would be it. Like, because there's different ways of supporting. You know? Right. I, I will support in any way that is liking a bunch of friggin' photos on Instagram. Uh, I mean, there should any, be an any app for that. Just, just, just like all my friends' photos. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just, just like, so I don't have to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, you you see it though. It's just like like this is just what hell is. I yeah. think hell is just a big fucking screen in front of you. And you have nothing to do but scroll it for all eternity. <laughs> you know? Seeing all the live people. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Fair geez. enough. Well, I think I have to get you to your next meeting. But um, any last words you want to impart? Um, you know, whatever's meaningful to you. Whatever. I, I just think do it. Like, whatever. You know, the Manitowoc Minute uh, was something that really took off for me and did great. And I had uh, the idea for it three years before I ended up doing the first video. I found like this old pitch deck that I did and and I think I pitched it to like Comedy Central or something and uh, you know, it was a not for us kind of a thing. So then it fell by the wayside and it was always kind of there in the back of my mind. And then at, three years later, I brought it out and it was a great success. Um, but what, what if I brought it out three years earlier? Where could it be now, you know? Uh, and everyone's got their own path. So it's like, don't look back with regret. You know, just look forward and whatever you have to do, there's no better time than now. And, and just, you know, push forward and keep her moving, dear guy. Keep her moving. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what's, what's the uh, go, go Packers? Yeah, it's what's always the sign go up? Packers and fuck the Bears, okay? Sorry if you're a Chicago fan out there, but you're, you're a Patriots fan, right? Yes. Sorry about Super Bowl 31. You know, I apologize for that. Yeah, I know. It still hurts. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Um, and uh, where can people follow you? Uh, What's the best place? Yep. At Charlie Barron's or at Mantwalk Minute or whatever. And uh, yeah, that Facebook, face, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, the Twitters, whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. Say hi and all that sort of stuff. Once again, thank you to Charlie for participating in this interview and sharing his journey with you. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I will be linking all of his projects in the description below so that way you can check out more of his work and also Alex's. Speaking of which, for more free resources, check out my website philsvitek.com. There's so much to check out beyond just these lessons, so I invite you to do that. Also, I just released a short film my friends and I made called A Very LA Birthday. I invite you to check it out. It's only about five minutes. Big shout out to the people that have helped contribute to this podcast and made today's episode possible. If you too would like to support this series, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash or by uh, going to the merch store and sporting some merch. 
That's a wrap. I'm at Phil Svitek on social media, and I'll see you next Wednesday with another one of my lessons. Bye.